might be a hard thing. We can't get together. We love. And uh, we miss that. But Crosswinds, we are all about reaching people with Jesus. But on Christmas Eve, we celebrate Jesus reaching us. He came to us. So it's a special night of celebration. Later, we will be uh, taking a special offering and giving you all the opportunity to participate in what we are calling Three Gifts for the King. You can do that in several ways. And I'm letting you know now, just in case you need to get some things together in order to be able to do that. If you don't already have a Realm Connect account and set up for online giving, you can pull out your cell phone and text Crosswinds Church as one word, and then space and the word Christmas to 732256. That's 732256. And you'll get a link texted back to you. You click on that, and it will take you to the giving page. All right. Is this better? Yeah. yeah. All right. So you text Crosswinds Church space Christmas to 732256. And you'll get a link. And you click on the link. It'll take you to the giving page. It'll be all set on the Christmas fund. And then you'll need to enter in the amount that you want to give, your email, and then on the next page you'll provide the information, either a credit card or a bank account that you want it to come from. Consider adding 3% if you're going to use a credit card or 1% if you're going to use a checking account to cover the uh, processing fees so that all of your gift goes to the people that we're trying to support. If you already have a Realm account, and you've set it up for online giving, the easiest thing for you to do is then go ahead into the Realm app, go to the giving page by hitting giving down on the bottom of the app, and then just fill in the amount and it will automatically pull from the account that you've got set up. Obviously you can still give by check. We have boxes in the back, you can drop a check in there. Um, and I guess if you're at home and you don't want to do the techie thing, you can also write a check and mail that in, but do it right away so that it goes to the people that we're supporting. Again, welcome. Merry Christmas. Who do I give this back to? Thank you, Shane, for that helpful announcement. Welcome, guys, to Crosswinds Church on Christmas Eve. Please stand. Let's sing a couple Christmas carols together. Thank you. 
Jesus, no crying, he makes fire. 
Pleasure having you guys. Please be seated. The last Advent candle is called the Christ candle. The climax of the native nativity story is none other than Jesus Christ.
In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed, believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, John 1, 1 1-14. In these verses we learn that Jesus is the Word, that is God. All things were created through Jesus, from the creation of the world to the creation of our soul in our mother's womb. Jesus is the one who creates and sustains everything and everyone. In these verses, we are also told that Jesus is light and life. Jesus freely gives both light and life to everyone that receives him. Through Jesus, we also have the right to become children of God. This Christmas, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, let us remember Jesus did not come just for his own birth. He came so that many new births would be possible. He came so you and I could be born again. Whoever repents of their sin and believes that Jesus died and rose from the grave to conquer the penalty and power of sin is given new life by God. Everyone can have a new birth certificate that says they are not just born into this world, but they are born of God. Through Jesus, we can join a new family. We become brothers and sisters through Jesus. As brothers or sisters because of Jesus, we will live with Jesus and with one another forever on the new heavens and earth. That is what we look forward to because of what Jesus has done. If you haven't confessed your sin to Jesus and trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus to save you, will you do that tonight? Will you get your second birth certificate this Christmas Eve and become part of the family of God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for giving us new life. Thank you for sending your son to make new life possible. Thank you that your son was born into this world so all who trust in him will have a second birth certificate. They are born of God and will live forever with him. Help us to reach more people with the good news of Jesus. Amen. Inside a snowflake, like the one on your sleeve, there happened a story you must see to believe. Yes, every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not.
What have we here? Christmas presents. Oh, they are beautiful, wrapped so nicely. Oh, yes. Presents. Presents for who? Presents for me. Presents for you. Minnesota Vikings, if you need a kicker, give me a call. I can do better than that. This is what it's all about. Right here in this knotted up bag. Yeah. Alrighty. Oh, how am I going to make it to every house tonight? There we go. My job here. It's not done yet. Cookies? Oh, cookies? Sugar cookies. There's nothing better than Christmas sugar cookies. Bang! Oh, that tastes like green paint. That's not good. Oh. Oh. Whoa. What are we here? Toilet paper. Oh, 2020's white gold toilet paper. Oh, this is the good stuff. Triple ply. Oh, extra soft. This is quilted northern. This is, this is going home with me tonight. Oh, baby. Yeah. One, two, three. Should I take the last one? All the stores will be closed tomorrow. What would they do? Oh, that's kind of funny when you think about it. <laughs> I'm going to leave them one square and they can just fight over it. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. This has been a good night. Ow! Oh man, am I in a Hallmark Christmas movie? Who are, who are you? Who's who are you? I'm Cookie Lou Who. I'm Frosty Lou Who. And I'm Sprinkle. I'm, I'm Santa Claus and you need to get back to bed. But, but you're, you're green. green. Well, he's about the right size. Oh, look here, I've got a red coat and I'm, I've got a beard. I'm obviously Santa. Why are you taking our presents? This year I decided to steal Christmas. So you're gonna take our presents? I left a few for you. Go ahead. Take a look. What is it? Is it a PS5? Is it an iPhone 12? I think it's a Baby Yoda. Oh, I think you should definitely dig in. You're going to love this. Socks? Socks? <laughs> Underwear? <laughs> Why are they so big? They look used. Is oh, they it? are. They're all used. Welcome to 2020. Christmas was supposed to be fun. Not this year. Where have you been? Under a bridge? Um, that's a troll. Not this year. Where have you been? In a hole? I'm pretty sure that's a hobbit. Where have you been from? We're on a snowflake. Okay, it's the same difference. Why are you trying to ruin Christmas? <laughs> Did something bad happen during your childhood? I thought Christmas was about something important. Oh, I think your parents have been lying to you. 
Well, then what's it about? Vengeance! So you're ruining it for everyone? You got it, sister. Well, how are you going to do that? I have a plan, and it involves masks. Masks for everyone! Christmas isn't something you can ruin. Oh, yes, I can. Here's how it works. I just steal all the Christmas presents, and then, ta-da, Christmas is canceled. But Christmas isn't about materialistic presents, and it isn't something you can ruin. It's a gift, and it represents and remembers the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ our Lord. As said in Luke chapter 2, And it was revealed that God sent his son to the world to be born to Mary, a young woman, and to her husband Joseph. And there were shepherds in the field at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, Do not be afraid, for I bring good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. And in the town of David tonight, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. You see, God sent his only son down, to, down from heaven to save us from our sins. And Christmas is a time to celebrate the birth of the Christ Jesus. Wow. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe it's so much more. And the luscious sound swelled, reaching up to the skies. And the Grinch heard with his heart, and it tripled in size. Anybody want a present? All right, so now it's time uh, for our special offering tonight, Three Gifts for the King. And as you can see, uh, this offering is going to go to three different missionaries, here, near, and far. As I said, Crosswinds Church is about reaching people with Jesus. And one of the ways that we do that is by supporting local, nearby, and far away missions. And so tonight's gift is going to go locally to Todd and Alexis McCown, uh, stateside Bill and Carol Turner, and overseas to Joshua and Whitney Smith. So if you'll recall, if you want to do it electronically, you can pull your phone out and uh, text 73, or text to the number 73256 Crosswinds Space Church, and then fill out the forms. At that, if you want to do by check, then just drop it off in the box in the back. If you already have a account with Realm, then you can just use the app to do your giving with that. And I'm sure that your gift will help us reach more people with Jesus. So go ahead and do that now.
Christmas. Has this been a great Christmas Eve? Does, I, the worship team has done a great job and skits and everything. It's just been great. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get into a short Bible teaching tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your Son. We are so incredibly blessed. In a world where it seems like everything's falling apart and there's so much chaos and, and distress, I thank you that we can tonight celebrate hope. We can tonight celebrate the good news that God, you'd love us and you sent your son for us. And what your son has done for us is give us so much blessing that we do not deserve. You've taken us from being far from you and brought us near from you, all through Jesus. And we thank you that we can celebrate that good news. We thank you that we know the truth of that good news. And we also thank you that we are fortunate enough to be able to gather tonight, at least in this building, when many places in our country cannot. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Christmas is filled with a lot of contrast. Really think about it, it is. Christmas is about Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and you have, the, you have the shepherds, and you have the wise men, all at the manger scene. But somehow, Santa in a red suit with reindeer and gifts coming from the North Pole ended up in the same time, in the same part of the story. How did they get together? Doesn't seem to make much sense. Well, Santa, he brings gifts for every girl and boy who've been good. But doesn't Jesus bring us the greatest gift of all once we realize that we've been bad? What an amazing contrast we have at this time of year. Tonight, we are going to be looking at contrasts in the Christmas story. Contrasts in the Christmas story is told by um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through chapter 2, verse 12. So I'm going to go ahead and and read the Christmas story from Matthew, and then we'll spend a little bit of time examining it together. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, 
Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream to not return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. That is the reading of God's word. If you're going to sell a house, before you market a house, you go to an appraiser who helps you determine the value of the house. If you're going to sell your car, you go to Kelly Blue Book. That helps you determine the value of your car before you sell your car. Tonight, you need to know that God invites us to appraise him. He invites us to set a value on him. Now, how do we set a value on God? The way we worship Jesus sets our value on Jesus. If we only have a little bit of interest in worshiping Jesus, we probably don't value him too highly. If we have a lot of interest in worshiping Jesus, we do value him very highly. Now, in Matthew's Christmas story that I just read to you, there are three characters in that story who worship Jesus. And they all worship in Jesus in different ways. And the way they worship Jesus reveals the truth about how they value Jesus. I'm going to take a few minutes to look at each of them, and I think you'll find it incredibly instructive for us, because how we worship Jesus reveals the truth about how we value Jesus. Now, maybe the best way to begin is to understand why we would worship Jesus in the first place. Why should we value him? Why should we adore him? Why do we gather on a night like tonight to even worship him and thank God for his birth? If you notice when I read Matthew's Christmas story, it actually gave us the answer. It was in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What makes Jesus worthy of our worship? Why should we value him so highly? Because he is God with us. 
The one who created the entire universe out of nothing is Jesus. And yet Jesus loves you and me so much that he chose to fuse himself permanently and irrevocably with a human body, pouring all of himself, as it were, into a, a smaller vessel because he loves us. You see, he took on a human body forever so he could die for us. He could die for us in our place, for our sins, to take all of the wrath that we deserved. He loved us and he agreed to absorb. And then he didn't just die for us, but he rose from the grave to new life and he offers to give us new life, literally to make us into new creations here and now. We can literally be born again. Our old self is gone and Jesus creates a completely new self for us. We are born again. I mean, Jesus takes away the hell that we deserve and he gives us the heaven we don't deserve. All is a gift. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Now, I think that makes Jesus worthy of our worship, doesn't it? I mean, he did the best thing he possibly could for us taking away our sin and giving us new life. What else could we ask for? He is completely worthy of our worship. Now, that being said, let's go look at the three characters in Matthew's Christmas story and see how they worship Jesus and what that teaches us about their worship of Jesus. The three characters I'm going to look at are, first of all, the wise men, secondly, the religious leaders, and third is going to be Herod. The wise men will teach us about true worship. The religious leaders will teach us about empty worship. And Herod will teach us about self-worship. So let's dive right in. The wise men show us what true worship looks like. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. The text says that the wise men came from the east. We wonder where that is. Most Bible scholars believe that is from Babylon. And that's very instructive for us about this idea of worship. Because Babylon is a long way away. It involved a great deal of sacrifice on their part to come and worship Jesus. How far away is Babylon from Jerusalem? 678 miles as the crow flies. That is a long way away. Not to ruin some of your Christmas cards, but uh, oftentimes nativity scenes and Christmas cards have Jesus, Mary, and Joseph with shepherds and the wise men all gathered together around Jesus on the night he was born. Sorry to tell you guys, that's not the way it happened. A couple things to tell you is, number one, the Bible doesn't say there were three wise men. 
though every Christmas card seems to. Why do we end up with three wise men on the Christmas card? Well, that way there's one wise man per gift, and nobody arrives empty-handed. That wouldn't look good. But the Bible doesn't tell us how many there were. Secondly, uh, the wise men most likely were not there at the birth of Jesus. And I don't say they weren't there at the birth of Jesus. We know Luke tells us that when Jesus was born, he was in a stable and they laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. But when the wise men arrive, look what it says about where they find Jesus in verse 11. In going into the house, they saw the child with, his, with Mary, his mother. They didn't go into a stable. They went into a house. These guys could not have arrived on the night Jesus was born. And it also says they saw the child. Now, in Greek, there are different words for, for children. There's a specific word for an infant that's brand newborn. And there's a different word for a toddler who's a little bit older, who's sort of beginning to try and figure out how to crawl around and walk around. And you know which word is used here? It's the word for toddler. This means that at this point when they arrived, it was months after Jesus' birth. Some scholars believe maybe even up to a year. Why am I telling this to you? other than to ruin all your nativity scenes and destroy all your Christmas cards. That's not the reason. The reason I'm telling this to you is because it teaches us about true worship. Because when Jesus' star showed up at his birth, those wise men who were in Babylon had to make a decision if they were going to travel to the area of Jerusalem to see him. That decision to worship Jesus involved an extraordinary amount of sacrifice, months of travel, and a great distance to go. Remember this, there were no superhighways back then. Uh, there was no rest stops with Starbucks and the coffee angel to refuel you if you've gone a little way. They were not driving an SUV. They were riding on camels and, and horses. They were going up mountains and down valleys. They were crossing rivers. They were going across deserts. Over 1,600 miles to worship baby Jesus. Why did the wise men do this? Because in their mind, Jesus was absolutely worth it. Jesus is worth the sacrifice of worship. And this is what it teaches us. The value we place on Christ is shown by the amount of inconvenience we're willing to endure to worship Christ. The value we place on Christ is shown by the amount of inconvenience we're willing to endure to worship Christ. And what an appropriate challenge for 2020 and where we find ourselves. It used to be pretty easy to worship Jesus. You want to come to church, you just go in the parking lot. We have a special parking lot for people who are visitors. You come in, the coffee is already made. You just sort of slide right into the seat and you can worship. And then came this thing called the pandemic. And worship became very difficult. 
Coffee wasn't made for us anymore. We were stuck at home. We were watching online. Watching worship online is difficult to stay engaged. It takes a lot more self-discipline. It's easy to be distracted. When you come to church, it's easy to connect with your church family because they're right there with you. But when you can't come to church, you have to do the hard work of calling them on the phone, the hard work of trying to stay in contact with them and encouraging them. Worshiping Jesus in 2021 is a lot harder. Worshiping Jesus in 2020 takes a lot more sacrifice. But remember the lesson of the wise men. The genuineness of our worship is seen by how much we're willing to sacrifice for our worship. The genuineness of our worship is seen by how much we're willing to sacrifice for our worship. Now let's move off the wise men. Let's look at the religious leaders. They show us what empty worship looks like. In verses two or 4 through 6, And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Jesus was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. When the wise men arrived in Jerusalem, they went right to Herod. Oh, Herod, where is the newborn king of the Jews? And Herod had no idea, so he called the religious leaders together, the guys who had a big Bible education, who had lots of books in their library, and they had big brains. They looked like lollipops on a stick. Their heads were so big. He says, guys, where is the Jewish king to be born? The one who is to be the savior of the world to be born? Where is it to be born? And just like that, they could tell him. Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, prophecy, 700 years before this, he will be born in Bethlehem. And here is where it gets interesting. Bethlehem, just so you know, is only five miles away from the city of Jerusalem. Not far at all. It's a tiny town at this time. It's a one-horse town. It's a little bit like Terrell, Iowa. Now, by the way, if anybody comes from Terrell, Iowa, that's not meant to be an insult at all. But the truth is, you could pass through Terrell, Iowa and miss it if you blink. But that's what Bethlehem was like at this time. Now, the Bible experts who had lots of head knowledge and knew exactly where he would be born weren't willing to put in a little time, a little effort to go check it out and to worship him even if it only involved a five-mile walk down the road. But the wise men, they show us what true worship looks like. They were willing to travel almost 1,700 miles to worship Jesus. The wise men didn't know much about their Bible, but they knew Jesus was worth the worship. What does this teach us? How much people are willing to sacrifice to worship Jesus reveals how much gratitude they have in their heart for Jesus. How much people are willing to sacrifice for Jesus reveals the truth about how much gratitude they have in their heart for Jesus. What was wrong with these religious leaders? They had lots of Bible information about Jesus, 
but they weren't interested in the Jesus that the Bible information pointed them to. Here's my point. Knowing Bible information is a whole lot different from knowing Jesus. This is a problem for many people in the modern church. We have heads full of Bible knowledge, but we have hearts that are empty when it comes to actually loving our Savior. How do we know if we're someone whose head is full of Bible knowledge, but heart is empty of love when it comes to loving Jesus? I'll tell you. When you want to find out what you really feel about Jesus, you look at your worship of Jesus. How willing are we to be how willing are we to be inconvenienced? How willing are we to be um, to sacrifice things to stay in touch with Jesus and worship Jesus? The amount of inconvenience we're willing to endure, endure to worship Jesus reveals the truth about how we feel about Jesus. Well, we've looked at the wise men who show us true worship. We've looked at the religious leaders who show us empty worship. Let's look at Herod. He shows us self-worship. Verses 7 and 8 and then verse 16. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. In verse 16, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Now, what did Herod say he wanted to do? He said he wanted to worship Jesus, but the truth is he wanted to exterminate Jesus, not worship him. Herod was known as the king of the Jews in that day. And when he heard that another king of the Jews, the true king of the Jews, was born, he pretended to worship Jesus so he could get rid of Jesus. Herod said, there's only room for one king in my heart, and I am that king. Aren't many people the exact same way? They claim they want to worship Jesus. They claim they're interested in Jesus but the only person they have room in their heart to worship is actually themselves. The only person they're interested in making any sacrifices for, the only person they're really interested in making any uh, adoration and worship towards is the person they see in the mirror. They're just like Herod. Well, this Christmas, I ask you, as we've looked at these three characters in the Christmas story, who are all talking about worship, and who all give us contrasts of what worship looks like, which one are you tonight? Are you like Herod? Have you come, do you claim you want to worship Jesus? But really the only person you have room in your heart to worship is yourself. If that's you, tonight I would invite you to simply repent. See, Jesus, I repent of making myself the number one person in my life. 
you're the one who needs to be the number one person in my life. And then from that point forward, instead of just making sacrifices for yourself, make sacrifices in your life so you can worship Jesus, spend time with Jesus, and adore Jesus. While some of us may identify with Herod, others of us may identify with the religious leaders. We have heads full of Bible information, but we have hearts that are empty when it comes to love and the desire to sacrifice for Jesus. Am I a person not willing to be inconvenient, not willing to make sacrifices so I can worship Jesus? If that's you, confess that to Jesus tonight. Say, Jesus, you know, I'm not willing to make sacrifices to worship you, or I haven't been willing, and I confess that tonight. This year, as I go from 2020 to 2021, and I don't know what kind of sacrifices I'm going to need to make to worship you, it may mean I'm going to have to wear a mask. It may mean I'm only going to be able to watch online. I'll be willing to do those things. I'll be willing to make sacrifices to worship you. Others of us may not identify with Herod. We might not identify with the religious leaders, but we identify with the wise men. We may not know a lot of, we may not know a lot of Bible information about Jesus, but our hearts are madly in love with Jesus. Because Jesus has forgiven us. Jesus has changed us. Jesus has given us a new life. And when if it comes to making a sacrifice to worship Jesus, we're excited to do it. Travel 1,700 miles to hit worship Him? It's okay with me. Wear a mask if I have to when I come to church. As long as I can worship Jesus, that's okay. Have to watch online because we can't get together when it's so hard and distracting. I'm willing to do that because Jesus is worth the sacrifice. Now in a few days, the tree will probably come down. The lights will be taken down. What will be tomorrow's presence will turn into January's payment. It will be another 12 months until we're gathered here again. But this question of worship, who we worship, and how we worship, will remain in place for the next 12 months of the year. Who do you worship? Yourself, or do you worship Jesus? Are you like Herod? Tonight, make that choice to worship Jesus instead of yourself. How do you worship? Are you willing to make sacrifices? if it's inconvenient to worship our Savior, because Jesus is worth, it's worth making any sacrifices we have to, as long as we can worship Jesus, the one who loves us and saves us in this chamber. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that really um, Christmas in many ways is about worship. It's about worshiping you, Jesus, because what you have done, the how you have come for us, how you came to die for us and came to save us. 2020 had a lot of things that made worship really hard, really inconvenient. 2021 may have a lot of the same.
But whatever inconveniences we face to be able to worship you, Jesus, we are willing to embrace them this year because you, Jesus, are worth you are worth any inconveniences we may face because Jesus, you are totally worth it. We ask this in your name. Amen. We're going to be singing Silent Night as we take some time to worship Jesus. I'm going to light the candle and then I'm going to ask uh, two helpers to come up and we'll be passing this, the candles down the aisle and we'll go ahead and sing Silent Night together. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yonder chin, mother and child. Stand, let's sing together.
I invite you guys to blow out your candles now.
I'm going to leave mine lit. This symbols, this is a symbol for us. When you leave tonight, you take this light into the world. You're the church. So I'm going to pray for us now, and then we're going to do one more song. Father, thank you for sending your son to us. He was fully God and chose to become fully man. Amazing. Help us to elevate Jesus this Christmas and let all that would distract us fade into the background. Give us hearts that are in awe of what Jesus would give up for us. And now we ask that the Holy Spirit would move us to give our time, talent, and treasure to the mission of reaching people with Jesus. We must become less so that Jesus can become more. Let 2021 be a year of spiritual renewal and redemption in this whole region and beyond. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, we pray. Amen.